We're through 13 weeks of the NFL season, and the Kansas City Chiefs have not solved their issues, and Seth Geyser still struggles with the concept of this show being live. Welcome to Only Weird Games! You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. Listen, I wouldn't have said anything if you hadn't talked while the slate was up for the intro of the intro, but, you know, look, I mean, you play some sloppy games, you do enough to win, and that's all that really matters. Although we don't have the luxury of talking about a Chiefs victory today. They followed the Green Bay Packers by eight points on Sunday Night Football, Packers 27, Chiefs 19, uh, Nate Taylor on his way back from Wisconsin right now. Um, I almost made a joke at Wisconsin's expense, like, oh, well, you know, and we told Nate he could either do this show from Wisconsin or he could get home as soon as possible. Um, but I don't even mean that. Uh, Wisconsin seems nice. Uh, Wisconsinites seem nice. The Green Bay Packers seem fine. Fine was enough to get it done uh, against the Chiefs here. Seth, um, how are you feeling about where you uh, where we're going to stand as we get into things here today in, uh, in just a little bit? Now, take a big drink. Take a big drink. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk for just a second longer than that. I, I, so I just want all of our listeners to know that I have already, I think, reached. So Josh and I have a scale of like, like one to ten, where I can get him to ten, and it becomes really funny. <laughs> I think we're already at like a seven, and we've just started. So I'm pretty excited about that. We were just we were talking after we recorded last week, after we finished, that we've been doing this together long enough. We've spent enough time together and talked about enough like real things and become friends to where we've like reached that point where we don't really care if we annoy each other. Which is just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great podcasting. Yeah, it's great podcasting because one of us can get mad. The other one's just like, I'm going to have to say one more, just one more thing. Just to see if we can just nudge him over the edge. Um, The Chiefs are genuinely, this year, who we thought they were and who we hoped they weren't. Um, We saw the first cracks in the foundation. This is the first bad defensive game of the year. They have been excellent every week, and we saw the first game where the offense kind of really did need to carry the defense, not just for a half, like right like against the Chargers. Uh, yeah, well, it's Groundhog Day again. Uh, thank you, Jake Dennis. That's a great comment. Um, I'm going to move this over to private chatter. I'm going to get distracted because there's only two of us today. Um, Getting a little more self I just came down to a six. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I just think that we've seen now the limitations of the offense, which I felt weird writing about the offense again after a, I would argue the defense had the worst performance of the two units, which maybe sounds weird since the offense only put up 19 points, but it's worth noting they only had seven actual drives. Like, I think that eight total, but one of them was with nine seconds left in the half. That's not a real drive. Um, 19 points in seven drives is actually a pretty good points per drive rate. Um, they moved the ball well. They just had a couple of devastating mistakes, which, you know, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? But in compared to just getting just 
run over like the defense did the first half. And not just run over like, I don't mean that quite in the literal sense because they were passing the ball whenever they wanted to. It, I, I could not remember the last time I saw that many wide open receivers against the Chiefs. It was it was weird seeing like Tread McDuffie try to recover across the end zone. Just like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen, I've never seen someone with that much separation on Tread McDuffie. Like that was weird to watch. Um, I, I think we, we've seen the limits of what this team can do as they're currently doing things unless something changes. And I think that's that's going to be tough. Are they still a Super Bowl contender? Sure. Could they get bounced in the wild card run? Yep. And that's the problem is they've beaten some good teams, but they've also lost to some good teams. And they've, lost, they've also lost to a kind of mid- Broncos team. I mean, the Broncos, they're not terrible. They're not as bad as they were to start the year, right? Or, yep. Like, they're, they're not. They, they they gave Houston everything they could handle. Um, You know, I, the Broncos aren't as terrible. I wish they were terrible because it's so much funnier when they are. But earlier, that's just second place in the AFC West. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, it's not like, are, are the Chiefs going to make the playoffs? Almost certainly, barring a meltdown down the stretch. And you got to remember, like, if you're talking down the stretch, we're 12 games in. Like this season has just gone by. So I like I'm at a place where I am this has not been a particularly fun season of Chiefs football. Um the defense has been fun and we watched when that went away those frustrations about the offense become so much more magnified because it, it I think it's a reminder of pre-2017 or some games in 2017 where you're just like we just need a little more. Or when when the defense makes a couple stops in the fourth quarter and you're like, here it is. This is the moment. And it wasn't quite. And then, of course, I told Jazz this at the end. And I I'm, I don't know how many things you want to pick out of all the things I'm saying. He asked me where I was and Nate's not here. So I'm just going to talk. Um, I, I don't. What I told Jazz was they are just going to make this. It's still because it's Mahomes. It's still just plausible enough that they pull this off that it's still going to hurt when they don't. And that's somehow, in a weird way, a little worse, right? Like that. So that's a lot of places where I'm at right now. That's kind of what I wanted. I was hoping you would just sort of lay out the buffet of of things you're feeling and stuff that we can kind of pick through here in a second. And we will do that. But look, if you're not feeling like maybe the world has as much joy as it could right now, if you're thinking, man, I'm a little down because my favorite football team uh, is is in a bad place, maybe you want to help make a little bit of that good. Let me tell you about the Soul of KC raffle. Tucker hit the graphic. I don't know if you have the graphic anymore. If not, that's okay, Alabama. Here's the graphic. Um, KCSN's been doing a cool thing here. This is the third annual Soul of KCSN holiday raffle in Floyd Drive. They've been doing awesome, awesome stuff here the last several years, and now we here at what is now known as Only Weird Games, are very, very happy to be a part of it all. Uh, if you want to be a part of the raffle and uh, the money that raises going toward uh, purchasing presents for Operation Breakthrough, uh, ticket sales are going through tomorrow. So that's Tuesday, December 5th through tomorrow. You can go ahead and get your raffle tickets. I'll give you some prize examples here in a second. And how about this? Already, you all here... Uh, listening to this show, listening to other shows, and, and taking part in the KCSN uh, community uh, across uh, across Kansas City and far, far, far beyond, have raised eighteen thousand dollars for gifts for Operation Breakthrough, which is a jarring amount of money. 
Uh, it's really cool to see everybody get behind this. I'm really proud to be a part of it uh, in whatever small way. And we'll uh, draw some winners after upcoming uh, Monday's Only Weird Games on the 11th. Here's what you can do. You can get your tickets. One ticket for 20 bucks, five for 50, 15 for 100, or 25 tickets and a gift. Uh, actually, is that, uh, yeah, that's going through tomorrow now. Uh, that's for $150 for that 25 ticket package. You get those raffle tickets and then you have a chance to win some great stuff like signed full-size helmets from Travis Kelsey and Derek Johnson, signed mini helmets from uh, Trent McDuffie and Patrick Mahomes and Will Shields. There are Chiefs tickets. There's a, a holiday distillery tour for 12, two tickets, the 2024 Big 12 Men's Basketball Tournament right here in KC Mo. So all sorts of different prizes you can win and uh, no matter what it is, uh, that you're hoping to land, you know you're going to be benefiting a great cause. So that's the soul of KCS, uh, the soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive. Oop, Tucker, I need that link one more time because I was going to give the link to where people could go. Thank you. Uh, GiveButter.com slash KCSNSoul, S-O-U-L, or you can Venmo at KC Sports Network. Uh, and then again, you can see that graphic and all the details, all the prizes, all across the KCSN socials. Thank you, Tucker. Um, okay, so Seth, of all the things that you kind of glossed over through there and uh, and something that you got to in the Chief of the North newsletter that's up right now and then chiefsfan.substack.com, the thing that that got me a little bit last night, you know, doing the postgame show on 810 and, and having to sort of just sit in the postgame atmosphere for uh, a good few hours, and then what rose kind of above the surface today is... You said they are who we thought they were and are who we hoped they weren't. Yep. Here's what makes me sad. The Kansas City Chiefs in 2023 are a wholly mortal football team. They're just a football team. I think there are 31 or 32 NFL teams that are in that same spot. San Francisco's got a little shine right now. They lost three in a row earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. But for so many beautiful stretches of Kansas City Chiefs football in this modern era. We have been spoiled, and this is not me talking down. I've been enjoying the spoils. We have been spoiled by superhuman football, supernatural offense, and then you get a defense that looks like this, and you go, holy cow, it's all coming together. This could be the best Chiefs team of of our lifetimes if everything comes together this way. And and it it is really just a shame that an offense in particular, and it's why it's why I, I'm going to stick on the offense way more than the defense from yesterday because I think relatively obvious how that they haven't earned the out. benefit of the doubt. That's right, the, and the they de- weren't ravaged by injuries. The the defense ravaged by injuries, and they've shown eleven times this year they're better than that, and that's yep. the outlier. Yep. This is the inlier of the Chiefs' offense, and it's Are you really sure you don't need outlier. I'm pretty sure it's not outlier. It, it's a real shame that an offense. That is uh, led by Andy Reid, quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes, and as a pass catcher led by Travis Kelsey. It's a real shame that that unit is just another team, just another offense. And uh, that's that's been a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. It has. And that, it, 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 I think because prior to this year, okay, I'm sorry, we, Hold on. You can read. You can read. It. Let's stop here. Craig McCray, thanks for the super chat, my friend. You ever want us to stop everything we're doing? Send a super chat because we'll stop everything. We'll see what happens. Make you Venmo me personally. I'll call it up to Nate. <laughs> um, he he asked, do we think it was because Mahomes had black underwear on? That couldn't help, Craig. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this got to be something to it. Although it's been this whole year, honestly. Someone he's asking about the drawers he's been wearing this year. It's not going to be me. Someone, Josh. You know, yeah. I count on you. Yeah. So I'll get right on it. 
It really is. I think, especially after what happened last year, because like 2021 felt like the, the, so the Super Bowl at the end of the 2020 season, you know, we had the, the offensive line debacle and all that stuff. And that was like, okay, we've seen the limits of what Mahomes can do to compensate for offensive line. We've seen the limits of it now. Up until then, we knew that he could finagle his way around various issues. But we didn't know quite the limits of it, but we saw it in the Super Bowl. So Veach goes out and, you know, manages to really revamp the whole thing. So then 2020, they, they went like 14-2 and two or something in 2020. Um, it was a somewhat stressful 14-2, but they were pretty, they kind of just glided all year. And then you had the, the Grim Reaper game and all this stuff. And then 2021 was the first time we saw maybe like the first hint of the end of this complete fairy tale rainbows, everything is as teams started to try to fangio Patrick Mahomes constantly and create these shells constantly. And now that's the way everyone plays defense constantly for the most part. And it worked for a while and then it stopped. And by the end of the year, they were back to top three. And then in 22, seemed like they were going to have some growing pains. Then suddenly things just kept going up. Oh, end of the year, Super Bowl. Best offense in the league. And so really, after five years, I think I'd started to genuinely believe, like, I I just don't think you're ever going to have a non-top five offense with Patrick Mahomes, which is an absurd, arrogant thought to have because every quarterback throughout history, even at their peak, has had offenses that weren't top five. It happens. Other things come together. Bad luck, et cetera, et cetera. And so... The last two years, we've had spurts where it felt like the end of the fairy tale. Where, okay, the Chiefs are back to a normal, really good football team. As opposed to the normal rules of the the league that everyone else has to abide by. Whereas this year, it feels like the actual end of it. It's, you cannot, even with a decent offensive line that still has some issues, you can't just have Mahomes and Kelsey and an explosive playmaker who isn't integrated into the offense in Rasheed Rice. By the way, they targeted Rasheed Rice a bunch. I'd like to see it a little more down the field, but, you know, baby steps. Since you brought it up, can I, I'm, a, I'm going to briefly defend my honor because I, I tweeted out earlier today because I was very curious about, about Rasheed Rice's average depth of target because it seemed like everything was horizontal to him, but I... I take notes of like every play. I don't remember everything with perfect clarity. I wanted to go double check. For the pro football reference, last night against the Packers, he Rice's depth of target was one. Yeah. One and that's point zero. That's, that's interesting. One point zero yards. I'm not gonna let you interrupt me, Seth, for reasons that will soon become clear. One point zero not your fault. Yards downfield was the average depth of target. So if any of those by accident went uh, a yard and a half downfield. On average, the next one went half a yard downfield or behind the line of scrimmage and all that. I tweeted that out, noting that's a crazy stat. Yes. That, that is uncommon. And shock jock Kent Swanson decided to oh. quote tweet it and throw it out there with some version of, this idiot thinks it's not a good idea to give the ball to Rasheed Rice, which is not what I meant. Uh, and then... Well-known internet bully Nate Tice, which is really what bothers me because I think Nate does great work. Kent, I could totally take or leave, but Nate Tice, fabulous. Had something along the lines of like, yeah, no, what they, the way they're using him is fine. Like that's it. That 
getting the ball in his hands as somewhat of an unreliable route runner, a guy who sometimes downfield has, has not earned that trust. Yet Rasheed Rice was running some downfield routes because he was on the field quite a bit. Yeah. I think it's good. I'm, I'm brave enough to say it. I think it's good to get the ball in the hands of Rasheed Rice, particularly when those little screens and that horizontal game, not even all screens, but the, when the horizontal stuff is frequently turning into eight, nine-yard chunks, do it until the wheels fall off. The sure. problem is that this offense doesn't have another gear, and nothing downfield works for anybody else. So I'd like to see Rasheed Rice also be considered a wide receiver whose hands and legs work more than one yard downfield without already yeah. having the ball in them. Now, I didn't think that was unreasonable. That reply, by the way, it's like, I just sure wish his hands and arms didn't stop working. We've got another super chat. I'm Again, I'm willing to interrupt everything. Especially when Nate's not here. Super chat. You can be super Yeah. Be the third host. Uh, no. Bumpa BB said, difference from last year is Kelsey's regression and O-line. I appreciate where you're coming from. I don't agree. I do I'll think that's certainly something dollars. to look at. Kelsey looks 34 when he's playing. Not necessarily when he's running routes. Not when he's, but in between every play, he's got like Willie Rofe syndrome at this point. Oh, Josh, he's, sorry, I, he's, I, I apologize. Willie Rofe was an offensive lineman who played for the. I'm Chiefs familiar with Willie Rofe's work. I have a picture of me as a young teen looking quite small next to a quite large Willie Rofe. I have a we, great deal of respect for that offensive line. Um, man, you know we we always we always knew that Josh was. You know what? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go down the spoiled rotten route. That that seems like oh no 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 get away get away from the ahead. screen. No, I'm what? sorry. What's the bit, Seth? No, there's no bit there. I, What's the bit? Uh, it was some kind of silver spoon thing. You get mm -hmm. to meet cheese players living a magical yeah. fairy tale life. Yeah, they. It's because it's because cheese. they showed up for uh, Will Shields's gym opening when uh, dang it, Gates inside sports was a was uh, a, a if, thing and um and my dad had worked, my dad and I had actually already worked out at that gym before Will Shields bought it and so they had a couple of things I met. That's Bill probably why Will Shield very on. nice. It's a very nice man. Um, Look, yeah, and so I just, you know, was you're going to hold me to reality with the negative things I say about you. We're going to have a bad time. I agree. It's just, um, the one of us can like, yeah, what the offensive line has, like the interior hasn't been as good as it was last year. Um, the tackles, despite the money spent on Jawan Taylor, have been maybe equivalent ish. And that's less than ideal. Um, I, I do think, though, you're seeing more because they already snapped down Kelsey's uh, or stat, took down Kelsey's snaps last year to like the 70% range. You're seeing roughly the same thing this year, but you there's just nothing else. You are going to notice the limitations of one guy when there's nothing else going on. The, the biggest difference is, and we've talked about this before, the absence of Juju Smith-Schuster which has been important because of consistency. And we've we've gone down this road, but I'm just going to say it again. Consistency, consistency, consistency. If you consistently do the right thing, you are going to be able to help bail the team out on third down maybe just twice a game, just two times. But those are two drives. And if and the difference between extending a drive and punting, it's huge. I mean, and so that's why just one or two plays a game. And the way that you can do those one or two plays a game I got great advice one time from someone when I was talking about um, spending quality time with my kids, okay? I swear we're going to get there. There's going to be an analogy here that actually works. Get that gleam out of your eyes. I swear if you do this I, to me. Why okay. can't I enjoy your analogies, So, Seth? So 
You know, Zen, the wise person once told me, why don't you engage in this conversation without assuming I'm an idiot? So why don't you just let me appreciate your incoming analogy? It's not that I think you're an idiot. It's just you're a rascal. That's the <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so the the advice that I was given, because I, I want to, how do I get quality time with my kids? I really want to make sure I want to be a good dad. I want to make memories with them. And the, the advice that I got was, well, quality time just kind of happens accidentally and the more quantity you have the more times that's going to happen accidentally sure there's some things you can do just try right just just try be there love your kids be a good dad just be there be present don't be a jerk like these things are simple a lot of life's like that but if you just are there consistently you're going to do the right thing in those really important moments and that's the thing with juju smith schuster he did the right thing in those important moments and mvs at a higher rate last year did the right thing in those important moments. That's been the big difference. And I agree with you completely. This idea of, I, I get why they're bringing Rasheed Rice along slowly. He doesn't run a full route tree. He doesn't do it well. However, when you watch guys struggle with that, that are the guys they are trying to do that with, then it's like, well, okay. It's like the, the Kadarius Tony running a nine route theory, right? Like I, I just, okay, well, it, well, what's the concern that he might, I don't know, bend his route too far inside towards the single high safety? Like, is that, well, I think it was cover three, so it's not single high, but you get my point. The middle field closed safety, is that your concern? Because the guy you're having already does that. I mean, you, you, th does that make sense? It makes so much sense that I'm having to bite my tongue because I think we're going to have to do the MVS thing again. Oh, man, we got to do the MVS thing again today? I, it's hard to watch. It is what? really frustrating for the one highly paid veteran receiver on the team just just look like they don't know that they should go straight away from the safety as opposed to drifting into coverage in a spot like that. Like it's just when Mahomes said after the game that he probably should have just like kept working on the progression, it was like, oh, what he actually was because Kelsey was open on that play, right? Yep. Patrick Mahomes after the game essentially, I'm paraphrasing here and I'm paraphrasing like a rascal, so so fair warning. Mahomes said, yeah, I shouldn't have tried throwing it to open MVS. I should have waited to throw it to open Travis Kelsey because only one of those guys is going to be where I actually need them to be, despite the fact that they were both open. Like, that's right. devastating. I think it, I, I don't I don't think it makes any sense to like, I, I, I they're not going to cut MVS and right. I don't, I don't think they're going to just hire. Yeah. Right. I don't think they're going to just cut him the 10 snaps a game, but I don't know. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes ever throws a football to him downfield ever again. Like, it's just, right. it is, it requires an emotional fortitude. I'm not sure I have. <laughs> Me neither. I, well, okay, so do you have, like, because I think everyone's got it in their mind. Do you have, like, a set of receivers that you would throw on the field more to try to make something happen? Yeah, but it sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, what what is it? Terrible. Because, because. Hey, let's take a break. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered straight to your door. 
Spend your time this holiday season shopping for gifts and sipping cocoa, not stuck in the checkout line. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipes, select the delivery date, and relax knowing dinner is on the way. You can make hosting this holiday season a joy rather than a hassle with the help of HelloFresh Market. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards to photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these party pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so much time. With how easy HelloFresh makes it with all the ingredients, it can also be an opportunity to cook with your family during this season and make things fun with your family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree and use code KCSNFree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree with code KCSNFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time of great joy and celebration, but it can also bring extra added stress to your life. Whether that's stress from traveling, stress from spending time with family, or financial stress, it can be a time of ups and downs this time of season during the holidays. This time of year, you might be spending a lot of time thinking about others, getting gifts for your family or friends, but it can also be the right time for you to think about yourself as well. That could mean going easy on yourself in tough moments. A great option to help yourself through tough times this holiday season could be therapy. It can help you talk through tough times in your life. It can help you prepare emotionally for things you might experience in your life and help keep you grounded during what could be a stressful holiday season. It can be helpful in learning positive coping skills or how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash KCSN for 10% off your first month. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I've been... I kind of thought that might happen today, but I didn't think it would happen at the 23-minute mark. That was still... The earliness there really got it done for me. Yeah, no, I, I knew... Yeah, again, because you're a rascal, I knew that if I tried to do it at the right time... Oh, man, Latrell's right in the comments. Nate's never going to believe this. Well, I suppose <laughs> it is recorded. <laughs> uh, I should have known... I, basically, we have both of our tells now, which is that if I ask you to expand on something that I don't really want to hear you talk more about, it's a, <laughs> it's a trap. And if you're like, Josh, give me a serious football take, please. I really respect your football opinions. I'm just going to I'm just gonna sit on it next time. I'm just going to sit here, bat on my shoulder. I'm going to walk right on by. That's actually what I thought you were doing to me like 10 minutes in. That's why I was like, what? No, I just was here to listen to your analogy. I know. I know. You've got me twitchy. You know, nowadays my wife's asking me like, oh, you know, what do you think we should do while we're in Kansas City? I'm like, what? what why are you going to throw me to break? I start talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am curious. So that was the funny thing is I almost didn't want to do it. Ian Tucker stands for rat is the funniest, most nonsense comment of all time. <laughs> The D and Tucker stands for rat. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, I'm curious, though, like genuinely, because I so you got you got something you would do, but it kind of sucks. It's no, it does, because I, it's because it starts with Canarius Tony, the one of the only players on this football team who I trust to see move in fun, unique ways. I'd like to see on the football field more. Yeah, I know he's broken or or easily broken. So I don't yeah. even know that that's actually it. Yeah, I uh, a very small portion of me thinks, well, it can't get worse with Sky Moore, and then I see a target to Sky Moore, and I go, nope, it can, That so it can't be him. Um, I think we've covered the Justin Watson ground pretty well, which is that he does valuable things, but it's very funny to be like, well, he helps other guys get open. Like who? Um, yeah, so no one's actually All these other guys that are running wide open all over the field. Exactly. So I would I would like to see more Noah Gray running actual routes. Give me more 12 personnel, I guess, and let's, let's start from that, because that seems fun. Isaiah Pacheco... Um, I mean, he'll punch you in the mouth. Nice. He's a real three down back. Oh, and oh man, let me just say that. I love Isaiah Pacheco. Love the way he runs. I would be, be willing to bet you anything. Isaiah Pacheco would be the first one to say, I messed up. Oh, yeah. Because that was a super harmful penalty. Yeah, killer. That was the difference. They could have had the ball with, what, four or five shots at the end zone for, at the 35 instead of the 50. And that is a mountain of difference like those are those are really important yards and dang it and that i get why he was upset also isaiah you're a young dude don't punch someone with your hand who's wearing a helmet save your million dollar hand dude like come on man headbutt like, him like a smart man yeah yeah just push do anything else or just yeah okay yeah did he push you i get it you're not really someone who's intimidated why not get back at him by just being yourself the next time you run the ball and like just do that? Because that, in a game riddled with really costly mistakes, that actually is low key one of the like 
cut off your nose to spite your face moments. Like that, that was really a frustrating thing because the difference, like w w even where they had the ball, Tony almost caught that last throw. <laughs> and, the, and, and, and it's a little harder to, you know, just ride Travis Kelsey all the way away from the ball when it's 30 yards in the air or whatever. Right. And so that was just a really, really dumb, dumb, selfish penalty. And that's weird saying that about a guy who clearly is willing to put himself through absurd things to gain an extra yard. So it's weird to say about Pacheco. I'd be willing to bet you anything. He would say the same thing though. Like that was dumb. That was selfish. And, and it partly, I, I don't know, three or four chances from the 35 yard line. I'm like, I have a hard time believing Mahomes doesn't make it happen. So maybe this is the real like watershed moment of this game for me because it's that that the Pacheco punch. I'm with you on everything. I I it's out of character for him. Yeah, and it's it's along with the thing I'm about to say. I think are reasons that I'm just not. I didn't lose any sleep over that last night. I had lost sleep for lots of practical reasons. <laughs> um, but the uh the Pacheco punch. The Richie James uh, non-call on third and eight or whatever it was after was, the MBS missed down the seam. That was rough. Um, even, even to some extent, the tackling of MBS that did not uh, cause whatever substantial... The, the, the quote-unquote, the makeup call. Yeah. Because I get it. That was not a penalty. When they hit Patrick Mahomes, I was like, okay, guys, settle down. But let me just say, those things are not proportionate. It is... The difference between a 15-yard penalty, huge deal, put them kind of in the driver's seat, but they still had plenty of time, versus that was like a 40-yard, 50-yard penalty. Those things are not the same. And sorry, it's still all of those little things I've mentioned that in a, in a playoff game, we could do a show on every single one of those things. Yep. Uh, in a late-season game, maybe, or early in the year, we might talk about it more. They have put, as Eric Bieniemy would say, they have put consistent behavior on tape this year in a way that refereeing or a mental mistake from Pacheco or whatever, it it does so little to move the needle for me because yeah. I, I literally let's see what I I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my own notes from real time during uh during the game if I can get the uh, tab to open here of um the the hold on Reed Humphrey, the Mike oh. Dana, hands in the face that wasn't called. There's a lot, right? There's a lot. Here's what I wrote, though, on third and eight. Uh, Mahomes goes to Richie James, contact on the route, refs don't call anything, whatever. MVS, learn how to track a deep ball. That's what I wrote in real time last night in my play notes. Was, I like, And that's so much of that is where I'm at now. Where, like, veteran receivers who don't understand where Patrick Mahomes wants to put the football or an offense that doesn't seem to to vary up its weaponry very much, or the defense finally stepping its toe in a way that, that ends up costing you. The, the offensive things that have been recurring issues, predictable issues from the preseason, and recurring all throughout this year, that's the stuff that's really bothering me. All the little, like, one-off referee shenanigans and all of the nonsense that comes with every NFL game pre-packaged, like it or not, that does not stick in my craw nearly as much as the repeated mistakes they keep making. And it's just wonderful to hear Andy Reid in a postgame presser say, we're really going to fix it this time. We're just a tick off, and we've really got to be better. I got to be better. You know, penalties and turnovers and all of that. Like, I've just, I've heard all of it, it enough. I don't yeah, even think it's, it's anymore. And it's not that it's not true. Yeah, it's just not changing either. 
Right, and that's what's the. It's uh, got to be better. Point. I've got to eat better. I'll. Yeah. I got to eat a salad. <laughs> what's the line I was given once by someone? Um, a, a a gal once said to me, she was mad at me. This is when I was a youth pastor. The parents were always mad at me. Anyway, she said, "An apology is good, but change is better." And that's true. Now, in that conversation, I actually told her, oh, no, no, I want to be clear. I'm sorry that you're offended. I don't think I did anything wrong. <laughs> Which Jazz, Jazz was sitting on the bed as I'm on the phone. She looks at me. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> She's like, Seth, that is inside of me. So anyway, but if, if it's this idea that, well, okay, we got to work on this stuff. That's true. You do. Here's the thing for me. This really, though, the the and this is maybe where we get to the cheap and noise on the jugs machine doesn't help him learn to not run into a safety. It's just so. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and that's where like MVS has been better with his placement in the past. Yes, he's taken. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this year, it's been it's been tough, and that's where like I I I, I there's so many things that could have been done differently. Um. And I would love to get into the why maybe a little bit. I do appreciate the fact that I think we can both acknowledge the defense played bad. Hopefully Drew Tranquil or Nick Bolton are one of them kind of needs to be back for Buffalo because that's going to be tough. Um, although Buffalo doesn't really run the ball as well or as consistently honest. I didn't think when I would, I would take Drew Tranquil. Is that what you're... Well, just because they pass the ball more. That's yeah. just, that's going to matter. Um... Also, but, I mean, also because also because Drew Tranquil is a better football player, but like that's just those two reasons. Um, yes, those, those. Um, and so the, the, there are these things that can be pointed to. Um, the 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 penalties all along the offensive line. Um, Jawan Taylor's struggled. Trey Smith's struggled, and that's tough when like one of your big like it's like oh well we couldn't you know afford to bring in a receiver because of that that that's where those things get tough right when you did b instead of a and b isn't working out suddenly everything gets a little bit tighter and, and that that's problematic the biggest difference though with with this year's team and Nate's talked about this in the past and I've kind of now just stolen it and pontificated upon it and treated it like my own take um why well, so what I wrote was it was like something like the chiefs are learning how the other half lives i was pretty proud of that title i'm going to be honest like i was like you know what and here's Here's where where I've got like to, if I could sum it up. I learned how to, by the way, um, share quotes on oh, that article. Really, really proud of you. It's like watching my grandma send an email. <laughs> an electronic letter, you say? Oh, just kidding. My grandma is way better at electronic than you are. Yeah, that's probably true. And I just, I, I one of the things I wrote is for the first time, Mahomes and the offense are going to learn how the other half lives, knowing that mistakes can be terminal rather than minor inconveniences. Because these, this shooting yourself in the foot thing. People that think this is an Eric Bieniemy issue, it was happening back in 2020, in 2021, in 2022. If you think it's a Tyreek Hill issue, this was happening when Hill was in. The difference was, for one, they haven't replaced like we talked. It was happening last year. They shot themselves in the foot plenty of games last year, but because they had a little more consistency, they were able to climb out of those holes. And they've always been able to overcome that. The normal rules of the league didn't apply to them. Because it didn't matter if they got behind the sticks. It, it just didn't matter. Second and 15, oh well. I mean, like, any time the Chiefs ended up, like, let's say they had, like, first and 10, and there was a holding penalty on, like, a run that gained a yard, and the team accepted the penalty, I was like, oh, good. They gave right. an extra down. Yep. No, yeah. I would way rather have it be first and 20 
than second and 10. Like, I'm like, no, 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 give me the extra depth. It's first and 30. I don't care. That has changed. And that's, I think you address this a little bit talking about they don't have another year. And that's where those, that last drive, all these things that you want to see, they just don't have it anymore because they have no downfield attack game right now. They just don't. Other than when Mahomes manipulates the defense into coming towards him and hits Kelsey over the top or someone else that's managed to drift. That's it. Chiefs' deep threat right now is Travis Kelsey, is what you just said. 34-year-old Travis Kelsey. And that's just not who he... That, that's just not who he is. And so then I just everything becomes harder when you can't make... And I think they've always been a team that's made a few more mistakes. And they've, I, I think they've learned that they can get away with it. And now there's no margin for error. And they need to adjust to that and actually cut down on the mistakes, which I believe they can do. We've seen them do it in the playoffs multiple years where suddenly, but here's the thing, like the 2019 playoff experience, that's not applicable to this year because they could climb out. Like this year's team isn't climbing out of a 10-point deficit against the Niners, barring there's always that one little switch right here in the corner if Mahomes absolutely flips out. But even if he does, you got to have someone to throw it to. And they, they have snaps we're legitimately, like the MVS is the easy one. Sky Moore, we could talk all day about what things should look. That was an RPO, and I'm sure the, uh, you know what? I'm sure the lab is going to go really into the X's and O's of that and why Matt and Kent were flipping out on Twitter about Sky Moore when everyone was like, oh, what a bad throw from Mahomes. I I'm just going to let you know, I'm pretty sure Matt and Kent are right about that one. And it's not like we, me and them agree on everything. But it was, it was an RPO. You can tell from what the offensive line was doing. So the ball had to come out immediately. And I don't know why Sky Moore, rather than just a, a, a quick cut inside, then go into the into, into the slant fade, which, which or the slot fade, you don't have to do that on that route because there's a pick designed for you. And it either works or it doesn't. But you got to get to that spot. Otherwise, the defender's there all by himself. And that's what happened. So anyway, you don't know if that might happen snap to snap. So even if Mahomes does go to demigod mode, like say like the throw to, to, to MBS. If MBS runs the right route there, everyone's talking about what a dime Mahomes threw down the field. And they've kind of found the limits to a demigod quarterback. And that's really unfortunate because it happened. It just so happens that their two bets, you know, they, they hedged their bets. They tried to find kind of a sneaky way to get like a number one-ish or number two-ish wide receiver in the second round or trade for a guy with a lot of physical talent. And both of those bets didn't pay off. Sky Moore and Tony. Had even one of them paid off, this would be a very different conversation. And simultaneously, their steady veteran took a big step backwards. And that's where we're in like this kind of worst-case scenario. It's actually a worst-case scenario that I anticipated at the beginning of the year because I always said MVS was kind of like the, the control. Yeah. Um... And so it, it just, it, he was the one that kept things from getting too crazy, but he's actively making it worse. And so it, it's just, it's tough, man. And I don't know what the answer is other than just play better. Right. So let's, let's itemize it a little bit because I, I big picture philosophically agree with you on the idea that all oh, no, the chiefs, that they, they can clean up the mistakes. They can play more mistake free football, not entirely, but because, you know, it's a hard game. But but yeah. they can play they can play cleaner games and take better advantage of their opportunities as a team. I agree with that large statement. 
and you said, you know, it's happened in years past also, where those those mistakes and those sloppy plays and those penalties have gotten kind of chipped off, and you see a team go on to, to win a Super Bowl. But I, I think, just hearing you explain it again that way, I I think it's too vague. I don't I don't think we can say that. I don't think they can be a word that we that we use about this team <clears throat> because I absolutely believe that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco and maybe most of the offensive line and maybe Rasheed Rice, maybe those guys can eliminate some of their mistakes, play cleaner football in crunch time. And again, we've seen Mahomes and Kelsey and even, you know, Andy Reid to some extent, like put away some of their worst tendencies and bring out the best stuff, highest quality, fewest mistakes in crunch time. Right. There are guys who we've seen do it on this team who I do believe we can see it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think MVS learns what Mahomes wants by January. It, right. it is the first week of December. And that's why in year I don't, two. In year two. In year two. It's another another reason that I don't I don't begrudge Andy Reid for doing coach speak at the podium. It's the only thing he really can do. Uh, right. Otherwise, you're, you know, Nick Sirianni in the tunnel or whatever. And so there's maybe ideally there's a middle ground somewhere where coaches can be honest, <laughs> but but not screaming. I don't know. But I don't need to hear him say that. Oh, it's just again, it's off a tick. It's something we're going to we're going to get it figured out. Walk has been ticking on get it figured out for a while. The trade deadline came and went and gave you an opportunity to, to try to hedge on those bets even more. And you essentially pass on an opportunity to do that. Hard, whatever. But I don't. I don't feel good about, oh, no, the, the, the wide receivers as a unit will be significantly better by the playoffs. Because why would they? Maybe maybe Mahomes hits some other gear or, or he ends up trying something completely different. But if, if Mahomes is trying something different for the playoffs that he wasn't doing in the regular season, it's not because the regular season was going so well that he wanted to make it harder on himself and just have it have easy mode ready to go for January. I... I have faith in members of this team, but I do not think I can say with confidence they as a team are going to clean these things up because it's individuals making mistakes. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, Based on film we have, I'd like to think... There's so many things here. You know, a lot of people want to point to Jawan Taylor in the comments, which I think makes sense, honestly. Bad game? Is that fair? Bad game? Um, I, I haven't charted his snaps. And that's where it's it's just tough. I I tend to anytime I see someone becoming a scapegoat, I I tend to start pushing back. Just kind of kill that red zone drive a little bit, right? Yes. Yep. Help kill that red zone drive. I you know the the, the I mean the the holds the penalties they've been devastating. It's interesting. Like when I look at Juwan Taylor's tape from last year, I I think to myself, that's a guy that can clean this up. Can he do it this year? I don't know because I feel like this is a guy whose entire mental process got completely... Yeah, Eric VH just said this comment right as I was starting to talk. Could part of the Juwan thing be because the beginning of the year threw him so out of whack mentally? I feel like that's a possibility. Yes. Um, we talked about that some early in the year. Like there, there was we, we gave him a little kind of cushion on that. Yep. But now it's like, hey man... You gotta. You, this this has got to change. Now I get it. Someone's been playing a certain way for a half dozen years, trying to change that up. That's hard. I think he's someone that can clean it up. The interior offensive line. 
people don't want to talk about that too much. They've had more problems than 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 they did last year. I think those guys can clean it up. And so I think you covered all that. Like some of these individual, um, some of those those individuals can clean it up. But some of the more crucial aspects, not more crucial, but the ones where we're seeing the most frequent errors, do they have the ability to? I don't know. And that's where that that narrow margin becomes narrow and narrower, where it's like, okay, well, we can't have Mahomes be anything less than stellar. And we can't have Kelsey, and simultaneously, Kelsey needs to be stellar. And simultaneously, the O-line needs to be stellar, and Pacheco needs to get stellar. All of those things almost need to happen when you've got one position group that's struggling as much as they are. And that's where, um, I've said in the past, what I love about football is it's like you've walked into a room full of levers that are interconnected and you pull the one right next to you and it pulls down like 18 other levers. And I, I think you see it in Mahomes' performance and 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 I, I think you see it affect every single drive, really. In and, and then and then when you have fewer drives, it's 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 a bad snowball in that everything becomes worse and amplified. Because you only have eight drives or nine drives instead of twelve drives, because you're scoring so much. It's kind of like the rich get richer type thing. Everyone says your first million is the easiest to make. I wouldn't know, but it sounds nice. <laughs> um, I'm not that kind of lawyer. So, but it really like if you if you are scoring and moving the ball a lot, not taking too much time off the clock, you're gonna get probably another drive or two to score and move the ball a lot. And it's a beautiful thing. And we've seen that compound in previous years. Whereas this year, I don't know. And so. I, I genuinely don't know how they will adjust doing what they're currently doing. And I, I don't know. Do you have any faith? Like, I really don't. I, I'm genuinely curious about this because I keep telling myself, you know, this seems kind of simple. You give Watson MBS's snaps. You, 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 get, you get Tony on the field more instead of Sky more. You get Rice on the field consistently. You run a ton of 12 to where Noah Gray's on the field 65% of the time. You start running the ball more from under center. Utilize more boots, play action stuff, simplified stuff to where guys are running crossers or comebacks, flood concepts, stuff like that. And and you just narrow the offense. You know what that would kind of look like? Matt LaFleur's offense. Now, not the 12 personnel stuff. But the rest of it, that might work for them. But I have no, like... I, I, we've seen Andy make adjustments throughout the year, but completely catastrophically altering personnel. I don't. I don't know if I see it. So I don't even know if I ever fully landed the thought after you uh, broke me earlier. Breaked me. Um, that's the group. That's that's exactly the group. But I think it. I think that is most interesting. It's most dynamic. And with that question, you have given me an excuse to ask something I was going to mention when you mentioned Eric Gidden. This is a weird one. Because, really, on a day-to-day practical basis, I I don't know what NFL positional coach. We've we've got some examples. We get some little windows opening. Sometimes you hear uh, Dave Merritt talk, and you're like, okay, I feel like I know exactly what this man does, and and what a hero. Um, <laughs> Joe Colin, I know what Joe Colin does, and he's a treat. Yep. But, especially if you took Andy Reid's name off this offense, you would be asking so many questions about the coaching. It, it would it would be pervasive, and and yes, and it's to be real clear and also kind of lay out my priors and some stuff. Um, David Girardi, Connor Embry, and Todd Pinkston are all in their first year coaching their 
positional groups. Uh, quarterback and wide receiver and running back. Okay, so, so big Todd Pinkston, former NFL receiver, coaching running backs, um, Girardi quarterbacks, and Bree wide receivers. I have heard all of them do press conferences. Um, I've never sat down with any of them or anything like that. And again, I, I have to admit not knowing exactly how all of it breaks down in terms of where you can and can't point at coaching. But coaching can be kind of a catch-all. When things aren't going well, you just point and say, ah, coaching. And I don't think right. that's always great analysis, right? but it is usually what we do. I also think Connor Embry had a really just sort of like uncomfortable, you know, bad public speaking six minutes of a press conference when yeah. he had a presser uh, several weeks back. Bad press conference does not make you a bad coach. We've seen plenty of great coaches give terrible press conferences and vice versa. So that's not the point. I However, it, I, I will... I'll vamp and give you time to think about it. But I don't think I have a clear example of a single wide receiver on this team this year getting significantly better from the end of last season until this moment right now or the beginning of this year to this moment right now. And Rasheed Rice has to be the outlier because he just came to the NFL from SMU. And so I would certainly hope that that he had a little bit of, of learning to do. And, and we've seen some development from him. They're still using him as a horizontal, almost gadget guy. That's not quite, but but, but a, a gadget uh, manufactured touch. Imagine that manufactured touch guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's gotten better. Richie James is doing less here than he was doing in New York. Kadarius Tony is being asked to run straight gadgety stuff. Obviously, McCall Hardman's hurt again. Um, not that, yeah, again, I, I think we know what his role is going to be anyway. MVS seems worse. Uh, Justin Watson doesn't seem any particularly different. I I'm expanding it over and over here because, again, maybe those positional coaches are doing more in game planning than they are in in uh, teaching the finer points. Kyle Shanahan had a presser answer a few weeks ago about like Rock Purdy's offseason quarterbacks coach. He's like, yeah, it's not really stuff we work on here, so it's fine. Work on your mechanics in the offseason. Here we're working on game plans and, and all of that. It's also not like the Chiefs' offensive game plans have been going anywhere special. Yeah, And so... I, I really don't like the catch-all of one side of the ball stinks, blame all the coaches, and especially blame all the new ones. I don't think that's very rich analysis. But I also think it's really, it, 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 it might be foolish to leave it out of the conversation mm -hmm. when we have seen some of these players in this system. I don't, I don't think, and Mahomes is a funny, a funny one to try to balance here. Has Mahomes gotten better at anything this year? other than not throwing his receivers under the bus, which he was already very good at. Um, Isaiah Pacheco has continued to grow. So that's a check in that box. But I find it very difficult to give the benefit of a doubt to a coaching staff where schematically or, or game plan-wise, execution-wise, whatever, there have been issues and individual players I, I don't necessarily see growing. How does that How does that work for you? I think, I really think the point that you made initially... Um, Especially in turn, like when you when you you mentioned if Andy Reid's name weren't at the top of the chart, how would people be talking about the job that's been done with the Chiefs this year? And I think that's a really good point. I think we've seen all year what it looks like when schematically you have an edge on one side of the ball. Spags has generally been a step ahead. A fair amount of the time. And we saw what that looked like when the opponent 
was a step ahead. And they were. And again, hats off to LaFleur. Really wonderfully designed offense. Um, a very, very different type of offense. Love played really well. All those things happened. But I do think that's a really, 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 really good point. Like, what would people be saying if it wasn't Andy Reid and his... It's still Spagnuolo is the head coach of this team, and it's Matt Nagy's offense, with the exact same as... Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think people would have a lot of questions. And maybe that is, you know, you know, coaching staffs, they get pillaged over the years. That's a problem. Um, I think you also make a really good point about the receivers. I don't know how much receivers really develop. You know, there, there's not a lot of stories of receivers that are like, you know, only okay in year one, and then they're good in year two, and then they're really good in year three, and then they're superstars in year four. It's usually more like like the Ch- Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, um, Pakua, you know, like you know, they, they just come in and they're good. Now, some guys, though, like Devontae Adams developed a little bit over time. Like the route runners, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk? Uh-huh. Ayuk. Yeah, sure, why not? There's an A up front uh, there. It, don't let it scare you. Nah, I've heard it both ways. So I haven't. <laughs> um, psych fans will appreciate that reference. So you see guys, it's the guys that do have a good physical skill set, but it's more like a rounded one um, to where you've got to learn to become a really pinpoint uh, route runner. And that's what Ayuk has, has done. He's, he's, he's learned how to become a really great route runner. And it took a few years. And that's where like, so like the Rasheed Rice plan, that might be for him. I think with other guys, it's just they've got you end up with a limitation, and that's who you are. Like like Hunter Renfro is a great route runner, but he is who he is. Um, now could the Chiefs have maybe traded for him at the deadline? Do I think it would make a difference? I think it might have. I really do. And that's the funny thing. I had someone comment like, "Well, you know, the 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 Patriots had Gronk and Edelman all those years, and they made it work." Yes, they did with Belichick and that defense in the playoffs. But also, who's this team's Edelman? Yeah, it's Juju last year. I mean, I think that kind of that almost proves the point to me. It does, and that's where it's just so incredible that one decent, good even, but not great player can be that. That that's where the levers theory. I just can't get past it in terms of. You just have to be careful where you get in terms of a level. You you have to have a certain quality of play before it starts bringing everything else down, especially when it comes to consistency and just being in the right place at the right time. It would be one thing, like you're never going to see at the NFL where guys are just obviously too slow. Okay, these are all great athletes. Like it's not going to look like it does in Madden where the guy's got like a 70 speed and you see him out there just not able to keep up. That's not what it's going to look like. What it might look like is a guy just not being in the right spot like half the time maybe it's only a third of the time but I'll you I'll tell you what if you a third of the time when I started talking sent us to break you do it <laughs> you do it once an episode and I was twitchy at the beginning yeah I mean just I want you to imagine like people who are like well Mahomes has to make the throws anyway he sure does but it is gonna make him twitchy and and you'd be crazy if it didn't what if a third of the time, you walked up to someone and talked to them, they slapped you in the face. Yeah, and you knew, but your job was to assume they're not going to slap you in the face and talk to them without twitching. So then every time you talk to them, they like raise their arm, you're like, oh, you know, just like, it, it's almost impossible for that not to affect you. So they really, they made a couple bets on wide receiver, they lost. 
And in the meantime, the bet they made at right tackle right now is looking like a loss, which is unfortunate because that looked like a sure thing in pass pro. Pass pro last year was so good. And early in games this year, even when he was going through all this psychotic stuff with the penalties, his pass pro looked great. And now you can just almost see someone whose head is spinning. He's thinking. I don't want my offensive lineman thinking. Maybe it was unless maybe the center. I want my center thinking. Pre-snap. They're allowed to think pre-snap, but once the snap is gone, no thinking. Yep. And so they they've made these bets, and and you get and people have talked about you know Mahomes' contract. The reality of the situation in the NFL is salary cap, while very malleable, is real. You know the salary cap is fake. It's a way of talking about it. Like oh, well, it's incredibly malleable, but it does narrow your options when you've got a quarterback, and so that means you get fewer. You get fewer throws at the at the cornhole, right? You get fewer shots. And so if you miss, it just hurts so much more. And then it affects the rest of the team. And so I do I think I'll I'll be real with you. The article I wrote was purely about 2023. Because if I were a betting man, I've seen we've seen this play before with Brett Veach. We saw a problem with the O-line. Okay. Let's get all the O-line men. And they did. We saw it with the defensive side of the ball. All right, we are going to, like, look at the defensive roster. Like, the first overhaul from 2018 to 2019 when they got Spags, and then this more recent one. They just, oh, man, we need a youth movement on the defense. Say no more. You know? Now, there are parts of me, just on a complete side note, I understand that the receivers were gone that they really wanted, but, you know, I appreciate that FAU is on, like, a multi-year plan here. But it would have been nice to have, like, downs or someone. You know, just like, even at the end of the first, I get it would have been too soon. Trade back! Take him and Rice in the second round. I don't care. But, like, anyway, that's just, hindsight's twenty twenty with these things. It's going to be so frustrating when they use their first-round pick on a defensive tackle this year. <laughs> yeah. It's ha- like, it has already happened in the future. Like, I got a crystal ball just off-screen here, and they've already, they have... They, it, I actually, I can hear Roger Goodell say, with the 29th pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select womp, 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 defensive tackle out of, like, you know, SMU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a real Dontari Poe kind of deal. Oh. And, and look, I'm, I'm sh- shout out to any defensive tackles at SMU. I don't know anything about the draft, so please, if that actually references someone, I'm sorry. Um... I just, I see, I can see them doing some kind of makeover. I think the part that I'm frustrated about, a lot of this stuff, in my opinion, was relatively predictable. The offensive line stuff, not so much, I think. But I think what's frustrating is that the predictable things didn't get taken care of. We talked about this a few weeks ago, when, like, right after the trade deadline, we saw some issues, and it's like, I mean, would would Hunter Renfro have cost that much? No, they, like, were they talking about like maybe having to cut him around? I don't know. Yeah, they that might have been a Daniels thing. But yeah. and and that's the thing. It's like, well, is Hunter Renfro a difference maker? Not on his own, but contextually, it matters. It's you know, I don't know if you're if if, if there's if there's two of you and you're in a yeah. fight with three people, it doesn't matter how tough the third guy is. You need one. Like you just need a warm body there that's competent. Like, and that's what they don't have. I would put you on the spot, Seth, because I'm not actually sure you can do this, but how old are your children? Uh, 17, 15, 12, 10, and 7. Is uh, is 17 a fully formed, fully functioning adult that you would trust with your 
uh, car keys, bank account, and life in general. I love my son. No. Like, no, that would be insane. Would you trust him to babysit the rest of them? Less than when he was 15. Actually. I can live with that. I but can yes, live with that. But, but yes, he, we, Jazz and I, we get to go places by ourselves because we know if there's a fire or if someone breaks into the home or something, like, I know that my son would die to protect his siblings. I know he would save them from a fire. I also know he I, might pick on them too much if we're gone for too long. So, yes. I know that Isabel might home in, uh, might, might home alone any intruders and leave a scarred corpse for you to discover when you got home because she'd completely sizzled them to a crisp. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. She she would totally, like, you know, kill them, eat them, burn their body, and smear the ashes on her face. Which is also what you need the rest of the kids to keep from happening because we got to gotta keep it on it. Yeah, but, yeah that, absolutely. There's my analogy about, you know, kids in large families, what I'm really qualified to talk about. But that is that not kind of, like, I don't need Hunter Renfro. To, to, to be Justin Jefferson. Yes. I need, I need someone who can legally be classified as an you adult. Need, need you need someone with someone's permit. Yeah. Someone who can, if they watch the kids, social services isn't calling you the next yes. day. Yes. Someone you know, who can call 911 and knows what mm. to do with a, when there's a fire, like you said. And right yes. now there's like, there's like baby Rasheed Rice, like in Gridiron Heights, you know how all the rookies have little baby voices. Mm. Yeah. Like there's, there's, Baby Rasheed Rice just like, throw me the ball. And just, you know, having the first 100-yard game with any Chiefs receiver, like Jack-Jack and the Incredibles. And and then you've got, like, MVS, who's supposed to be watching little baby Rasheed, but he's looking the wrong direction. Like, yeah. I just need someone who knows where Patrick Mahomes wants to go. Yeah. Well, and he's the one giving baby Rasheed Rice advice. Yes. And nice. that's, <laughs> and, and that's where, yeah, like, it's it's about uh, so uh, Nate Dog here. Hey, R.I.P. Nate Dog, great rapper. Um, says we need rosterable NFL players at wide receiver spots one through six. I agree because he says right now we have three. We might have. I think we might have six rosterable players, but they're all except for Rasheed Rice. They should be like four through six, and they're getting snap counts and opportunities like they're one through three. And that's all you need. You need if you can have three guys that are at level three. You'd be fine because right now you don't have one other than Rasheed Rice who has a limited role. So I really like that analogy, by the way. Well done. We'll make a pastor out of you yet. It's <laughs> it's a great... I'm sure there's zero other barriers to that, Josh. Yeah, it's I all got my MNU, I got my MNU jacket on now and my dad. Was shout out MNU. I, I know. Um, I shout out MNU men's soccer. Just won the NIA National Championship today. Hey. That's, hey. that's Letterman, right? Well done, them. Um, soccer school. But it really is... It really is about being able to be functional in that spot so it's not pulling the lever the wrong way. You don't need that to be the, the lever that moves the offense. You need it to not be this lever that's the doofenshmirtz self-destruct button <laughs> because that's the problem that they're currently having. Phineas and Ferb makes me happy, so referencing them helps me out. Uh, and we can help out everybody by go ahead, going ahead and uh, hitting the wrap-up button here, pulling the wrap-up lever for ourselves. Uh, so I'll tell you, if you want to read what Seth's already written about uh, how the Chiefs are uh, learning how the rest of the league lives, you can check it out now. Chiefs newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Uh, plus, tonight, Chiefs fans, if you want to root for the Bengals, just to know what that's like, uh, Bengals and Jags on Monday Night Football, you can listen to that on your home NFL Sports Radio 810 WHB. All of the uh, the uh, primetime games the rest of the way will be on 810. 
And uh, the lab, I imagine, as you said earlier, Seth, I uh, I frequently, don't tell them this, please, but I frequently do dip into the lab and, and kind of see how the, uh, check the temperature of uh, another wing of uh, KCSN here and see what they're thinking. I am, uh, I'm particularly excited for, uh, for this upcoming edition of the lab. So that'll be fun, right? Across all the same places you are watching or listening to the show. Now, Nate will be back with us Thursday, barring another um, I don't know, some sort of unforeseen airport delay or mess. And I think we're going to have plenty to talk about. You can, of course, read his work up in theathletic.com. Hey, last two things. Again, the Soul of KC raffle uh, and, and uh, fundraiser for Operation Breakthrough going on now, going through tomorrow. You can go to givebutter.com. That's G-I-V-E-T-T-E-R.com slash KCSN Soul or Venmo at KC Sports Network for uh, raffle tickets, and you can see all the great prizes on the graphic, either on screen now if you're watching, or across KCSN socials. And KCSN and Sandlot Goods have a uh, a new uh, merch line up at sandlotgoods.com. You can check out the KCSN collection, including a great Only Weird Games t-shirt and uh, lots of other good stuff. So, we had, like, just stuff to mention at the end. I feel like we had proper, like, things to promote. I'm going to yeah. take a sip of my um, Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero Sugar looking for one more sponsor opportunity uh, out of this beautiful uh, KCSN drink sweater while you get us out of here, Seth. You know, that is absolutely shameless product placement, and I refuse to be, I refuse to be held to that. I put a KCSN koozie on your drinks, man. I do, I do need to do that. I don't really know what should. my problem really is. Oh, man, I forgot that I was going to have the heavy responsibility of taking us out with Nate being gone. Fortunately for me, I have the ability to... What one might call vamp or waste people's time. Let's take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's the show. I just, the Chiefs are still Super Bowl contenders. We're going to learn a lot on Sunday, which I'm going to be there. So I'm excited. Might see you, might Big not. Game. We're. Big we're... game. Big game. Big game. game now. The difference between nine and four and eight and five, you know what that is, Josh? It's a whole game. Yeah, that was worth coming back for. <laughs>